You're listening to episode 28 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode exploring topics like mental health, entrepreneurship, self-love, and of course, self-care. We're putting women at the center of our media and behind the creation of it, and today's episode features Hollywood makeup artist Molly R. Stern. A woman looks beautiful when she feels beautiful is the credo that guides the work of makeup artist Molly R. Stern. For over 25 years, Molly has been a trusted artist and influencer in Hollywood, known to emphasize and enhance what is uniquely beautiful about each woman she touches. Her creative and fresh approach to makeup has garnered respect and loyalty among Hollywood's elite talent, renowned fashion photographers, and top beauty brands. Molly's broader focus on encouraging self-love and educating women on the positive individuality of beauty is what drives her every day. Molly inspires her audience across her social media platforms with empowering messages and images, always using her signature hashtag, love yourself. Whether designing, parenting her three children, or applying makeup, Molly's spirited authenticity, attention to detail, and enthusiasm for all women shines through in her artistry. I was so excited to interview Molly about working in Hollywood and what it's like to combat that negative self-image that all of us have, even celebrities, and I think that you'll really enjoy this podcast episode. This is my first podcast. Is it really? Yes, this is a big moment for me. Oh my gosh. Well, okay, now I'm extra honored to have you <laughs> to have this as your first podcast. That's awesome. So yes. why don't we start with a little bit of your story? Um, for the listeners that might not know who you are, you've worked with some big names like Reese Witherspoon, Kara Delavine, but you've also done so much more with your career. So why don't we start with this? Who is Molly? And how did you get to where you are now as a successful Hollywood makeup artist? So who am I? Um, I am a, a nice Jewish girl who grew up in Los Angeles, California. Um, I'm 46 years old. And I've lived here my whole life other than my seven years. I did one year in San Francisco at age 19 or 20. And then I did seven years in New York from the ages of like 26 maybe until around 31 and a half. So I always like to make the joke that I have a little bit of an edge on me. I'm not too much of a Californian laid back weirdo. Um, I, I did go to New York to get a little bit of my edge on. <laughs> I love it. Um, and uh, I started doing makeup by happenstance when I was 16 years old. Uh, I was walking around in a the shop, a shopping mall here it's called the Century City Shopping Mall. It's now been completely revamped. It's a totally different mall than it was then. But um, I was walking in the mall at age 16, and I walked past a Japanese beauty boutique called Shuemura, which sadly is no longer available in the States. But it was like a candy store, but makeup. Super clean, super crisp, super pristine. And I just fell in love immediately and went in and asked, how do you, you know, how do you get a job here? And one of my 
still to this day mentors and idols. Millie Kendall worked there. She now runs um, Beauty Mart in the UK. But she gave me a job. She's like, we hire you and we train you. And it was the sort of fall into situation, but it was there that I met all the links in my chain, if you will, and, and continuously followed this path. Um, even though at a lot of different points during the path, it didn't feel like the right path, or it felt like it was too bumpy, or it felt like it was too hard, or I felt like I don't want to do this anymore, I want to be doing something different. So there was a lot of emotion and up and down feelings throughout growing this like 30-year career that I, that I found myself in. 30-year career, Wow. And this is all kind of culminated to something that I find so inspiring, which is this hashtag love yourself and this platform that you've created that is really bigger than just a hashtag. I know last year you launched a jewelry collection in collaboration with Sarah Chloe called hashtag love yourself. So tell us a little bit about how that movement started and what sparked you to really speak out on self-love. Yeah, well, you know, having that that I have a 30-year career under my belt uh, looks like the following. I've done every version of makeup artistry that you can imagine, other than, like, serious special effects. But in in terms of beauty makeup, I've done every version. You know, I started at the beauty counters where, you know, I was meeting your average everyday woman. uh, And then I've, you know, done people for their weddings. I've done people for their headshots, you know. And as I grew, I got into music videos and commercials and television shows. I've worked on films. I've done lots and lots of red carpet. I've worked on fashion shows, you know, so I've, I've gotten this incredible opportunity over the past zillion years to meet all different types of women, all different types of class, you know, different levels of earnings, different levels of beauty, different levels of self-care. And I came to realize that there's a common thread amongst all women and throughout all women, which is this Um, insanely natural desire to criticize oneself. And it wasn't until actually um, I had an experience with my five-year-old daughter. She was five at the time. She's 13 now. She's my eldest of three kids. And um, this is when I realized this experience that I had with her was that it wasn't just a product of our society necessarily or the industry of this idea of you know, this false idea of perfection, but I think it's actually something that's innate in us. And um, what happened with my daughter, trust me, all that other stuff that I just mentioned definitely plays a ginormous role in it. But this experience with my daughter really awakened me to know that this was like a serious, deep-rooted issue for all of us. And the the story is this. She was, um, like I said, five years old, and she was in a mood, like, to, to, to say it very politely. I mean, she was like slamming doors, screaming at her brother, who's 15 months younger than her. And um, I was like, what's this story? Like, what's going on here? What's your problem? We need, you need to chill. You're freaking out. She's like, I need to speak to you privately. And, you know, I don't know where she gets the dramatics from. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what's up? So I close the door. You're going to be angry at me. She's now crying. I'm like, oh, my God, what's happened? And, of course, I love to live in a very dark terrifying headspace all the time so I'm immediately like something horrible's happened what's happened you know 
I don't want to tell you. You're going to be angry. I drew it out. I'm pulling it out of her. Come on, come on. What's going on? What's going on? She says, before I even answer, let me, let me say this. She, I, I often say people get different gifts, right? So there's like the, the neuroscientist has the gift of his brain or her brain. Uh, you know, Taylor Swift got legs and the ability to write a great song. You know, everybody has different gifts. Well, my daughter had, you know, she's adorably gorgeous. She really got a great, a great deal of cards on her sweetness and her look. She's got a gorgeous smile. So I say, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? She says, I don't feel, I don't feel crying hysterically. I don't feel pretty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, the wall started closing in on me. I thought I was going to faint. I was like, this is the industry. This is everything I'm afraid of. This is society. This is the beauty industry. This is Hollywood. This is fashion. I just start spinning out. And I kind of had to grab the imaginary rope of like, okay, this isn't this moment isn't about me. I need to try to get from my daughter where this came from. I said to her, where, where is this coming from? Did you hear something? Did somebody say something to you? And then this was the nugget. She said, no, mommy, nobody said anything to me. She said, my body made me feel this way. Mm. I woke up this morning and my body made me feel this way. And what if this is how I feel now? I don't like it. Mm. I don't like how I feel. So I was like, this is unbelievably articulate for a five-year-old and I and I'm like okay here are two amazing opportunities you know one is something I choose to live by across the board in my life which is the the phrase this too shall pass um really explaining to her that no emotion lasts forever not the good or the bad everything moves everything flows and I, I like to give the visual of you know if you're ever feeling stuck you know go to the ocean Right, where you can see that we're in constant motion. We're on a planet that is in constant motion. So however powerful we may be, we're not powerful enough to be stuck in one spot if the earth is if the earth is actually moving us. Um, so I said this too shall pass. Even more importantly, and on a greater, deeper level, is your body make you feel this way. And that is the most beautiful way to express that when you don't feel good on the inside you are looking out from the inside out, right? So when you don't feel good on the inside, the first place we take it out is what we see on the outside. And that's when I realized, like, this is innate. Like, who knew that hormonal breakdown started at five years old? That was my first lesson that <laughs> in that reality. But also that it's true that when we don't feel good, it doesn't matter how rich you are, how beautiful you are, how famous you are, how tiny you are being a five-year-old little sweet human on the earth if you don't feel good on the inside it just doesn't matter how you know you're gonna attack yourself on the outside all of this from a five-year-old I know I know well I mean you know that combined with the culmination of my job is very intimate you know it's like within the first 10 minutes of meeting a stranger I'm I'm touching their face I'm asking them about what they like about themselves or don't like about themselves so that we can focus on the positive and, and it's a very vulnerable, I get very vulnerably connected to my clients quickly. And so that's where I, I really got it. Like this is a thread that is exists amongst all of us, which is only exacerbated by our society, by the fact that fashion and beauty industries are just that they are industries and they're looking to grow their industries and make money and convince us that we need them 
I find it really interesting that you've chosen to kind of tackle this issue from within the industry rather than distancing yourself from it. Because I think a lot of people who see mental health issues and see these self-image issues um, put blame on the industry and then say, I don't want to be a part of it. But what I love about what you've done is you're kind of taking it from the inside and trying to make that change from within. Yeah, you know, I have to say I love I love the fashion and beauty industry. You know what I mean? Like I always have. Ever since I was a little kid, I, I wallpapered my walls with cutouts from magazines. And I think somewhere, somewhere in between when we first get turned on by whatever whatever resonates creatively or, you know, whatever looks beautiful. Like to me, it's a peony and to you, it's a daisy or whatever. Right. So for me, it's fashion and beauty, like always got me really tingly inside, but somewhere between those initial tingles that we get. And then, and then whatever comes after that, it sort of, it loses its magic of being an inspiring thing to watch and learn from. And it becomes a place where we attack ourselves or criticize ourselves or compare ourselves. And so I'm trying to, you know, I'll be honest, I, I have a, a pretty significant amount of guilt having contributed to this false idea of perfection and beauty. And, you know, I also am on the cusp of very much being a behind the scenes character in the business. And then with the birth and explosion of social media, then, sort of walking the line of like, no, we're going to tell you everything and we're going to show you everything and there's nothing that's off limits. So I'm trying to, yes, elevate my game as far as actually contributing to the world and making the world a a more positive place Um, and reminding people that beauty, fashion, makeup, hair, all that stuff is a great thing when you can utilize it for inspiration versus, you know, a weapon against yourself. Mm. I love when you were talking about this common thread that we all, we being women, but you know, I think men a lot of times experience this self doubt as well. Um, and this common thread, even going through some of the most gorgeous, successful women in Hollywood, women that I think a lot of us everyday folk <laughs> would aspire to be like, to look like, but you've talked about this distorted self-image really affecting everybody. What would you say to women who feel like they're not enough when they compare themselves to those women that they see in the media, the celebrities on magazine covers, the models on TV? Well, I mean, if I I had magical powers and I could pull out, you know, one of, to me, what I find to be one of the most damaging things that we all do to ourselves. And by the way, I preach what I need to learn. I mean, I'm right in the club of being affected by this concept is that inner critic and that, constant desire to compare ourselves to other which again has only been exacerbated you know with the the rise of social media and um i think that that 
that sometimes feels like the kernel of the problem is that we are comparing ourselves to others and you know anytime anytime you've gotten close to somebody and you learn more about their life it, uh, for me, I'm always surprised, like, oh, wow, I wouldn't have thought that that's the upbringing you had. Or, oh, I wouldn't have thought that you, you know, were anorexic your entire childhood life. Or, you know, there's there's secrets or truths to every single person that, on the surface, you, you would never be able to know or tell. So that's my pulling back the curtain about all of these aspirational beauties or, you know, women or men that we're looking at that are hairless or, you know, their waists seem perfect or their noses are turned up in the exact right way. You know, there's so much more to all of those people that make them who they are and, and may, might actually, you know, they might look at your story and think you've got the more blessed situation or the more um, sat satiating life. I feel like the you know, as we get older, we really start to understand that the grass just isn't greener and that fame doesn't equal fortune and fortune doesn't equal happiness and Botox doesn't clean up what's going on inside. And, you know, we're incredibly dynamic in every single individual. I mean, I love my friend Stacy London who calls people snowflakes. Because we're all, we are, we are all individually unique and, and beautiful in our own way. And whatever makes us who we are, that's our story. That's, that's what makes us who we are. And, and so when we, when we cut ourselves off from valuing ourselves based on what we're looking at on the cover of a magazine, which by the way is completely, first of all, they've been in two and a half hours of hair and makeup. Their clothes have been tailored to fit them. And then they spend another several hours in Photoshop in someone's computer, right? So we're 99.9% .9 of the time we're looking at images that aren't even real and we're comparing ourselves, our real selves, to imagery that has been doctored. I think a lot of it is this comparison-driven social media. You know, a lot of it is societal, as we've touched on. But some of it is also just that internal mental health issues where, you know, some people are born with less serotonin in their brain. The chemicals aren't the way that they are. And, and that makes this whole process even more difficult. I'm curious if you've struggled with mental health issues yourself. Uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> like when, right now, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, mean, um, I, I think that it's pretty hard to not uh, suffer from some sort of mental health issues in general. I, 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 think, I, I think that, of course, there are severe situations and, di you know, again, it's, it, to every individual is something different. But I, I think that that nugget that we're talking about of inner criticism, that is, you know, there's, there's, a, there's an element of positivity of like, okay, let me analyze myself so that I can grow and become better. Um, but there's that very real path that so many of us take, definitely myself included, where it's like, let me analyze myself and then let me just knock myself down. One of the, one of the most important things one of my favorite quotes is from Brene Brown, which is, speak to yourself like you would someone you love. 
And to me, there is so much power in that because we are constantly and continuously and extremely insulting to ourselves. We, we say things and think things to ourselves that we would not say to our worst enemy. And we offer uh, common courtesy to strangers way before we would offer that to ourselves. And I, I, really, I really got that personally when I um, had had my second child. And as I mentioned before, they were only 15 months apart, my firstborn daughter and my secondborn son. And um, I was like a mess, a hormonal mess, a physical mess, a everything mess. I'd been pregnant nursing, pregnant nursing. And every time I walked past my own reflection, I felt physically ill. I, I felt like I was going to throw up at my own sight. And by the way, I let myself know that. I'd look away with like just repulsion in my own eyes at myself. One day I woke up, I was like, I gotta, I gotta switch this up. I have these two beautiful babies and I'm like an evil dark lord, you know, <laughs> to myself. <laughs> And so I made this deal with myself that every time I caught my reflection in a mirror or window or whatever, that I would just smile like a gentle, like, hey, hey, oh, hey, what's up? I know you, you know, kind of like what I would give to somebody at Coffee Bean or Starbucks, you know, just like a, oh, hey, how are you going? And it was incredible how quickly, just by offering myself kindness and a little bit of a smile and a little bit of recognition, oh, hey, human. I see you. My internal and external feelings about myself changed so incredibly and so quickly. And that's where I realized, like, oh, my God, if we just offered ourselves basic human kindness, we could elevate our own relationship with ourselves and our own view of ourselves, you know, to, to incredible heights almost instantly. It is amazing just Going on that journey towards self-love, and that sounds like the cheesiest thing ever, (laughs) but when you do start practicing those little acts and start becoming conscious of, oh, wow, I really am my worst critic. I really am the one that puts myself down the most, and I have the power to give myself more love. That has also been transformative for me. Um, What has been the hardest part of your journey over the past 25 years in coming to love yourself? Is it an ongoing journey? Oh yeah, without a doubt, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, having kids has definitely helped me um, in the sense that I know how much I've suffered um, with my own internal uh, criticism and, you know, negative opinion of myself, whether it was I suffered a lot with body image as a teenager and in my 20s and and then tried really hard to climb out of that. I, I had a clothing line um, in, the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, and the whole um, theory behind it was how can I love my body more? Like how can I connect mm. with my body more and feel more comfortable with the body that I have, that I was given, that I'm dealing with at this stage in my life, etc. I mean, even before speaking to you today, I'm like, why, why does she want to talk to me? Like, I don't, who cares? I'm just a makeup artist. Nobody cares about what I have. To, you know, like this inner dialogue of you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. They're going to find out, 
that you're just a fraud or that, you know, all those feelings that we all feel. That That's the thing. It's we all feel it. We're all dealing with it. And we think we're alone in it. We think we're the only one that's feeling that. And so if, if we could just cut a little bit of space inside of ourselves to know, like, I'm not alone. I'm fooling everybody just like everybody else is fooling everybody. And that's okay. It is. And I think being radically transparent about those vulnerabilities really helps connect us. You're the second person to come on the podcast and say, uh, you know, like before we were recording, I was really nervous because, you know, that, that whole insecurity of why me? And it's astonishing to me because the women that are on this show I'm so inspired by. I'm so in awe of the career success they've had or the mental health advocacy that they've done or X, Y, and Z. And to hear other women that you look up to say, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm good enough or whatever. It hurts my heart a little bit, but at the same time reminds me this is why these conversations are so important because we are all feeling that exact same self-doubt and to be able to say that openly and then remind each other, girl, you are killing it is I think so needed. Oh my God. Yes. A hundred percent. You know, it's like, it's not to me that misery loves company in this area. It's it's camaraderie to know, oh, you feel that way too? Me? It, it, it's like, I remember when my daughter went to school one year and she made a new friend and she came home and she was like, you know, they, they shared a birthday. This was their common thing. And they were like, you know, my daughter was like, had never met anybody other than her grandmother shares her birthday, which is very special. My mother, uh, my mother and firstborn share a birthday. Let's talk about that karma. Mm-hmm. But um, this was the first time she'd met anybody out in the world that shared her birthday. And she came home with this like joyful connection, right? Like I connected with somebody on a deep level and that is inspiring. And so even if you're connecting, not in a place where you're feeding off of each other's negativity, of course, that's the wrong path to go down. But if you're connecting and you go, oh, wait, you feel like that? I feel like that. Oh, wow. I would, and just like what you just said, like, I would never look at you and think you're going through that. Wow. You're so much this or that or that, you know, like that moment of understanding that we are all vulnerable and we are all putting ourselves out there, whether it's in our tiny world of, uh, you know, I'm going to put myself out there today and, and speak to my teenage daughter and, and be vulnerable with her. You know, that that's putting myself out there in my small world, or if it's sharing my story with you where you have your fans and followers and I'm putting myself out there on a bigger way and being vulnerable. Like, it doesn't matter how you're putting yourself out there. We're all putting ourselves out there in, in the best we can on any given day. Yeah. And so you've talked about being a mom now. You have three kids, right? Yes. Yes. So on top of this awesome success you've had as a makeup artist, you know, being successful businesswoman, I think women a lot of times feel pressured to be everything to everyone. And I'm, I'm not a mother, but, you know, I have friends and work friends that are moms. And I think there's kind of an added pressure there as well. How do you balance all of those expectations, you know, of 
being a mother, being the friend, being an influencer in your industry, being a makeup artist, being a businesswoman, like... Uh, I think I'm probably failing on some somewhere <laughs> on, it, on any given day in any of those categories that you've mentioned. Um, two things to say. One is I've, like, I'm one of those people that's, like, if I can't have it all, then I don't want it. That's always been my motivation and headspace. And as I've gotten a little bit older and and, you know have succeeded and I I say it in quotes because obviously everyone's definition of success is totally different but from an outsider looking in you know I've succeeded in my career I have a working marriage I have three kids I'm a mom right so from the outside it could look like I would fall into that category wow she's really doing it all but what I will say about that is that you know, doing it all kind of sucks because sometimes you can't help but feel like something is lacking. Like I don't, I can't say that I often feel like everything's triggering on the same, you know, everything's sparking at the right time in the right place. On any given day, I can have a great moment with my kids and then feel like, what's going on with my career or have a great day with my career and my kid and realize, Oh, I haven't posted in a week and I'm supposed to be being an influencer and social media is important to my business. And, you know, so I'm more seeking harmony than balance. I think that balance insinuates that everything is of equal weight and that's not the case every day. You know, if my kid is sick, then that, that's, the heavier load that needs to be attended to. If I'm on tour with a with an actress, you know, that's the heavy weight that I'm carrying that day of how can I be supportive to her and inspire her and help her get through her work, you know, facilitate her greatness in, on that given day. So balance to me is, I think, misleading. I think finding harmony on any given day is... Um, is my personal goal of how can I feel like I'm tapping into all these things that are important to me with just enough energy that I have for any given area on any given day. I want to talk about routines because I'm always curious how really busy women you know, manage their days or if there's specific things that you do every morning or every night that you stick to that's like part of your self-care or part of keeping everything in flow? Oh, I wish. I wish (laughs) I could say yes, there is. I, like most women, have um, tried different things at different times. I remember a few years ago I took up meditating. I I signed up for, like, the Deepak Chopra, Oprah free 28-day meditation thing that they put out every couple of months. And um, it's great, and it would help me so much because I never could wrap my head around meditation and clearing my mind I was like that is never gonna happen for me and um the way that Deepak had explained it through that was you know that it wasn't necessarily about clearing your mind but releasing the thoughts like letting them flow through you and um that helped me get into some sort of meditative space but I remember I went to work and I said to the hairdresser and my client I was like yeah I've been meditating and it's it's amazing. It's like really working. And my client turns, she's like, are you serious? Meditation works? You mean this ancient idea of how to 
keep your shit together works like oh wow I'm shocked (laughs) taking the piss out of me but you know it's like you kind of are like when you're like oh wait you know I I stopped eating so many carbs and I'm eating more vegetables and protein and I feel better you know you're like wait it worked oh I I started exercising and my you know my entire being is working wait it works you know when I when I tap into any of those amazing tools uh, I'm better off and my self-care shoots up by a zillion percent I mean I was saying to my mom this morning it, it for me when I tilt that needle even the milk the tiniest bit towards loving myself and taking care of myself and any form of self-care I instantly feel better. It doesn't have to be even an extreme action or commitment or follow through. Even the slightest bit of, you know what, I'm going to do better. So I try to do yoga regularly to, to actually answer your question. I try to do yoga. I try to be creative, really helps me. Uh, I don't do it enough. I'm like a very frustrated painter and actual like fine artist. I I barely do it. And when I do, it's like, you know, I feel liberated inside. Um, But I I probably could use a few tips on on scheduling a little more regularity of self-care. I think we all... It's funny. I actually, I do so much reading and I follow so many people in this space and I'm always inspired by what people say, but then it's the matter of putting it into action. So I'm like, oh yeah, give me, give me all the tips, give me all the tools, give me all the routines. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I actually have to do these things. I can't just like listen to a podcast or talk to somebody about what they do. Like it's a matter of implementation, which I think is where a lot of people get stuck is they hesitate to implement or they're afraid to try something new or they don't prioritize it. At least that's where, that's where I struggle. I think a lot of people struggle with that. It's the doing that's the hard part. I can go to bed at night like tomorrow I am going to exercise and I'm going to make fresh food and I'm going to call six friends that I haven't talked to and I'm going to do my billing and then I'm going to get to the gym and then, you know, like, <laughs> and, then it, and then I wake up in the morning and I don't have that same motivation or gusto or maybe, you know, one of my favorite books is Miguel Ruiz, Four Agreements. And one of my favorite agreements is, you know, always do your best, but really getting that your best is going to be different on any given day, depending on so many different factors. And I lean on that a lot. Like your best is going to be different, whether you're healthy or sick or whether you've slept well or not, or whether you're, um, you know, employed or not employed, or, you know, there's a lot of factors in what does it mean to do your best. And as long as you're really aiming to hit that best of wherever you're at on any, you know, who knows, that to me is a, is a really grounding force for me to, to really be able to recognize where am I at and how can I do my best today with what I've got today. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Self-Care Sunday. If you want to follow Molly on Instagram, you can find her at Molly 
R. Stern and follow the really awesome and empowering work that she does. You can also follow Self Care Sunday at Self Care Sunday. And if you're listening right now, why not take a screenshot and share on your Instagram story? Let us know if you loved this episode. So looking forward to bringing more episodes like this to you. Thank you so much for all of your support. Happy Self Care Sunday, everyone. Thank you.